Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Vinyl Detroit Podcast. Uh, I'm very excited to share with you part one of my discussion with Carrie Alexander of Bad Bad Hats. So I've been a fan of Bad Bad Hats since about 2017 when I stumbled on them uh, as they were opening for Margaret Glassby just outside of Detroit. And uh, I remember coming home that evening, purchasing the It Hurts EP. At that point, it was only available digitally. And um, so we're going to fast forward kind of 10 years later, and um, they reissued and remastered uh, the It Hurts EP for its 10-year anniversary this year. And uh, I heard it, I purchased it, and I was just so impressed by the mastering, by the additional tracks that were included, that I reached out to Carrie, and she was so wonderful and so accommodating in speaking to me. Um, we spoke for a long time. We uh, had a great conversation. It was it was fantastic. And um, I'm really happy to, to kind of share with everybody uh, that I got to actually meet them uh, the night, actually last night, to be completely honest. And um, they're on a living room tour, which we speak about during the conversation. And I uh, got to meet her and Chris, just wonderful people, excellent musicians. They did such a great job rearranging their tracks uh, for this bedroom tour. Basically, it took place in, in the one that I saw, at least, was in a house in Detroit. It's about 30 people. Uh, very polite, big, big fans, you could tell. And uh, they went through a bunch of tracks from their catalog, did some really fun Q&A, and at the end got to meet them, and that was a really fantastic time. So uh, without spending too much time, too much more time, I should say, uh, introducing this episode, let's just jump right into it. This is going to be part one of my conversation with Carrie Alexander of Bad Bad Hats, where we discuss their 2013 and then again, 2023 reissue of It Hurts. So you want to know just how I feel about you. I could live without you, just don't want to.
heard uh, the first track from uh, Bad Bad Hats 2010, I believe it was 2010. Uh, no, that's not right. 2013 release, right, Carrie? Yes. That's right. There's my first of many. <laughs> um, so 2013, uh, I believe it was the debut EP. Um, if it wasn't, it was very much darn near the beginning. Um, but it's called It Hurts, and I am super excited that uh, the 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 folks in the band somehow pulled off a remastered reissued vinyl release of this which is like super exciting for me i have it sitting right here uh staring at me which um i do love by the way yes. <laughs> um but um, i'm really excited to say that i have with me on the vinyl detroit podcast today carrie alexander um singer uh all-around fun gal from bad bad hats carrie thanks for joining me Thank you for having me. Yeah, two Midwesterners. We we usually don't do many of these on this podcast. Usually it seems like I'm either up super late or super early to hit somebody in Europe. So I'm really happy to talk oh. to you tonight. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, jet setting. No, <laughs> yeah. no, we do I I we like I I'm sure you like me. I like to represent the Midwest cuz there aren't as many of us, you know, in the business. That's right. Um even if people start out in the Midwest, you know, they go to the coast. So, we're yep. I'm I'm happy to give the people a different a different vibe. <laughs> you do. You do, trust me. <laughs> 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 but no, you're right about the Midwest thing. I I totally agree with that. Like you know, Detroit's obviously known for certain things like oh, you yeah. know, Motown and the garage thing and you can pick your thing. Minneapolis definitely has its vibes over the years, which I, I do appreciate quite a bit. Um, but, you know, I, I tend to like things that, at least from a Detroit standpoint, that necessarily aren't like Detroit centric. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So th that's why I enjoy doing this. I love talking to, to artists and getting kind of into their head about what went on on specific recordings and and things like that. So, like, like I said in the beginning, we're going to talk about the EP It Hurts. Um, again, it's, it's just fantastic. But before we do that, I think just for those that maybe aren't as familiar with you guys or what you do, um, maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing kind of how, how this whole, this whole project got started. Um, the reissue of it hurts. I'm sorry. The band, the band. Fault. Oh, great. Yes. That whole thing. Okay. That whole thing. Gotta go way back. <laughs> way on back. Well, yes. Um, well you weren't wrong when, uh, when the year 2010, came to mind that because that is really when it all got started okay. um and so i had been i've been writing songs since i was a, a wee lass <laughs> uh like nine or ten i was like writing lyrics for the first time um and playing my guitar um but i was living in um birmingham alabama and then tampa florida mm -hmm. and i think that i just didn't know about music scenes or like how to get into a music scene. So my music making was very much relegated to just my bedroom. Sure. Um, and it wasn't until I went to college in St. Paul, Minnesota to McAllister college. There we go. Shout um, out. Shout out. What's their, what's their mascot? The Scots. There we go. Go Scots. Go Scots. Um, that was the kind of the first time that I like met fellow like music minded people and like the first time that I was going to like venues that were like indie artists I liked were playing like not a lot of not a lot of people coming through Birmingham in the same way or at least not you know I was kind of young when I was there sure. so um 
so yeah, it was so sort of like my mind was open to all these possibilities of playing music with other people and going to shows and being inspired. And in all that, um, via even though it was at college um, with Chris, we actually like discovered each other's music via the website myspace.com. I'm very familiar. Um, yeah, that was back in the day. That's like where you put your demos that's for right. people to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Chris and I found each other on MySpace and followed each other. Um, and we liked, you know, what each other were doing. And I was really interested in, um, you know, playing with some other people. So I reached out to him and, um, we started sort of working on some songs together. Um, but very quickly we also started dating, mm. um, and then, yeah, over the next few years, like from our sophomore to senior year, we sort of just kept talking about forming a band, like maybe it could be cool. Um, we studied abroad like at different times. So like we weren't actually like together for most of our junior year. Yeah, we sure. weren't in like the same place. Um, but our senior year, I got back from study abroad. We were together. Our friend Noah started at McAllister and he bought a bass. So we said, you're in the band. You got a bass. <laughs> you may um, not know how to play, but you're I know, in. but you have, you own a bass. So you're in. <laughs> um, and yeah, the three of us put together, we, I think we knew how to play three songs and we played those songs at the McAllister college battle of the bands yeah. in 2012. There we go. And we lost, oh. but one of the judges, Ian Anderson, um, ran at the time a small record label called Afternoon Records, and he liked us. So he signed us to his record label after that. And that was sort of the the catalyst for everything. Because I think it sort of gave us like focus and direction, made us feel like, oh, okay, like I guess we're a real band now with like, you know, so, uh, a label behind us. So Maybe we should make an album. And that record we made was the It Hurts EP, which is 10 years old. Yes, which, uh, you know, for those of you who are obviously this is an audio podcast, but I'm holding up for Carrie a picture of <laughs> yes. Carrie. It's me. Uh, <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that that is a really cool story. So yeah. don't you ever wonder what happened to the winner? Sometimes. Well, I know in the immediate future that they got to open for a biz marquee at oh, McAllister Springfest. Okay. So we were, we were kind of sad. It was biz marquee and deer hoof were the headliners, which is <laughs> really bizarre, but made for a pretty fun show. Yeah. You guys would have been like a great part of that. that lineup, <laughs> yeah. really. I was, yes. And I was looking back and seeing some of the folks you guys have toured with. And I mean, there's some like big names there. Like, I mean, when I saw third eye blind, I don't know what the, what the uh, tour was about or anything, but I'm yeah. like, man, I loved them back in the nineties. Oh, I, you know, I never let you go. It's like one of my favorite songs ever. Oh, yeah. And I did not tire of hearing that song every night on tour. <laughs> how fun is that? Pretty <laughs> I fun. love it. That's cool. Um, so we got, we got an idea of how it started, how you and Chris yeah. came together and, and the, and the label. And that's, that's really cool. Um, so let's kind of take a, take a step back, which was my first question when I oh, yeah. first, um, went to go see Margaret Glassby, uh, yes. which we talked a little bit about before we uh, before we hit record here in Detroit back in like early 17. And I remember talking to my buddy John, who is a humongous fan of you guys. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't show up here tonight because I told him we were doing this tonight. Oh, yeah. And he um and he and I were, were like, yeah, Margaret Glassby, that's cool. And he's like, I don't really know who she is. And he goes, 
I don't, I have no idea who the openers are. And I go, you yeah. know what? Neither really do I. But so I got online, I looked, I'm like, well, they're from like Minneapolis. And, you know, yeah. it just, it, it was a little, just a, a tad harder to find music back then. So yeah. I was like, you know what? Let's just go see. And so we got there early. And I, yeah, you guys opened for her, I believe, is how the tour yes, went. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I love Margaret as well, of course. But we were like, we felt like you guys kind of stole the show because we didn't know what to expect. And you guys rocked it out. And um, it was, it was, it's a cool venue for those of you who aren't familiar with the Loving Touch in Ferndale. Um, it's kind of like a, like a pool hall, would you say? Maybe. I'm not even sure. Yeah, there's like they're like plants yeah. around, right? <laughs> it's an odd place. So yeah. Um. So, but but I guess my lead up to this super long question was, what I know the answer to this, but I think for those listening, I think they're gonna be wondering like, where in the world did this band name come from? So oh, sure. Maybe if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit in your own words. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Well, to to what you're saying, we are we really relish, um the opportunity to surprise people as an opening act. Cause I do think it is often when people make the choice to come early, which we appreciate, yes. we, you know, I think they don't know what to expect and we like to sort of, you know, wow them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, bad, bad hats. It's a little silly and people think it has everything to do with hats, which it doesn't not have to do with hats, but basically it is a reference to the Madeline children's books. Um, the, you know, the French girls with the mm -hmm. yellow hats and the two straight lines. Um, and there is a Madeline book called Madeline and the bad hat. Oh. And the bad hat is her troublemaking like neighbor. He like, he's a real, he's a real like rotten, rotten kid. You know, seems like, He's a little neglected, maybe, by his <laughs> parents, um, who is the Spanish ambassador. Um, but he runs around, does does wild, crazy stuff. But I think that eventually they, like, become friends or something. Um, but my mom used to read those books to me when I was young. So I had all the books and knew the story really well. And when I was young and I, I was being rambunctious. You? My parent, I know, which didn't happen very often. <laughs> but when I was, my parents would say, uh-oh, Carrie, are you being a bad hat right now? And oh. I, was, I hated, I hated being referred to as a bad hat. Yeah. Um, but so I don't know. I don't know why that was in my head when I was naming the band. But I just kind of liked the idea of resurrecting sort of this like uh, childhood thing, especially for like a rock band. And we're like a very wholesome rock band so it kind of <laughs> makes sense that we would choose the most wholesome you know troublemaker we could we could find yeah. to name ourselves after so so yeah and, and i guess a quick follow-up on that so i mean do, do you guys think like over over the years you and chris and, and connor at the at the time yeah did you guys like take on the persona or i mean like or i like I'm trying to say like, cause I agree with you. Like it, it, especially like this EP I've got here. I mean, pretty, pretty wholesome. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's great. I love it. It's like one of my favorites, but, um, but you've got this, this band name that's like named after the, the mean neighbor, Yeah, you know? So <laughs> yeah, 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 just trying to square that thing up a bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't know. I do think it is like, you know, it's like the rock and roll trope of troublemaking and like, 
throwing the TV out the window. Yep. But that's not that's not actually our vibe. No, so we no. are we are more like a just a a children's book character. <laughs> <laughs> and and for those of you who who haven't seen them live, um, I think Carrie is is right about that. Um, so I guess just a little bit more about you. So you know you mentioned that you kind of were born in Alabama. Yeah. Moved to Tampa. Interesting yeah. move. I know. Um, but the more interesting move is up to Minneapolis from Tampa, which must have been quite a shocker. Yes, it was, though. I will say I was actually born in the Twin Cities. Oh, um, OK. I know. But I moved from here to Alabama when I was like five. Oh. So I don't really remember living here sure. as a young person. But we would because we had like family friends in Minnesota, mm -hmm. um, we would we would come back and visit like a sure. few times in my childhood. So Minnesota always felt like a very like familiar homey place to me that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I think especially growing up in the South, like went in a very like liberal family. Um, so always kind of feeling like a little bit like I did not relate yeah. to like the, the politics of Alabama or like sort of, you know, I remember like in school, um, I think in like the, 2000 election we had like a mock election at my elementary middle school mm -hmm. to like learn about like civics um and me and one other child were the only people who voted for gore in the <laughs> mock election <laughs> so it really does make you feel like a little bit like okay yeah. did you did you go home and go mom dad <laughs> we got to get out of here <laughs> i mean i mean you're like a little kid so you just have a basic understanding of it but just sort of feeling you you still understand the feeling of like oh like i'm very they're like i am sort of the odd man out yeah, clearly yeah. here um so things like that, I think, also made me very like nostalgic for Minnesota, even though I didn't really have any memories of living sure. in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, so then we moved to Tampa in high school. That was kind of tough because that was like in between my freshman and sophomore year Ouch. of high school. Rough, yeah, rough time. Yeah. But you know, took a little bit, but made some made some great friends. Really came to enjoy it. Um, and my family is still in Tampa, and I do love going back to Tampa yeah. in the winter to visit. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, so I think when I was looking for colleges, um, I was really excited at the idea of going back to Minnesota and sort of establishing my own life in a place that felt very familiar to me, but um, never really felt like I had had my own sort of experience there or my own sort of path in Minnesota. Sure. Um so yeah, so I I couldn't wait to go to McAllister and go back to Minnesota, um, and Where's, be in the snow. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about a a, a track from um, this this EP that uh, I've mentioned prior here already, and it's 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 I love this track so much. And I was telling Carrie, I can't remember if it was on or off, but. Um, I I'm, I find I hum this song at least minimum once a day, and that was even <laughs> prior to. Um, the the EP being re-released and remastered, but the track is called Super America. Uh, it's it's really you know I use this term on it with a lot of the folks I talk to because it just is to me it's like a perfect pop song. It's got all the elements. Um, it it takes me to a certain place. I mean, particularly being from the Midwest, I don't know if Super America is just a Midwest thing, but um, could you share maybe a little bit about this track 
for me. And I'm sure those yeah. that have heard this would probably love to know too, but it's definitely got a distinct feel to it. Yes. Well, so Super America is actually the only song on the EP that um, I didn't write when I was studying abroad. The other four were part of um, a collection of songs I worked on when I was in Paris mm-hmm. um, and had sort of done my own like arranging of them. And, and Chris basically helped me like hi-fi them mm-hmm. um, and added a few of his own things. Obviously did all of the drums and stuff because I didn't do any of that and wrote the bass parts. Um, but Super America started with Chris. And I think he, the first thing he had um, was the drum loop and the very beginning guitar part. Um, I think that's what he was working on. He just had that loop um, and he showed it to me and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like, I think we can do something with that. Yeah, um, so we started working on it. And I think because of that, I always think of Super America as sort of like the first, um, the first song that sort of, to me, like showed that, you know, Chris and I would be great collaborators, like moving forward. It was yep. just, um, that was the the first song that, you know, he came to me with an idea and then that ins- that inspired really inspired me and we built the song up together um but also uh it's cool because it we had a a fairly different version of it first mm-hmm. um that we weren't really sure about um and i don't actually remember when we decided to change the chorus but we did um to what now everyone knows the super america but mm-hmm. it's cool because on the uh, remastered vinyl um you get to hear the original chorus that we started with um and abandoned to you know lost to the sands of time except we brought it back for you to hear um but yeah but also inspired by super america which as you said maybe some people don't know it's a gas station <laughs> chain in the midwest though also sadly no more oh, no. because it was bought by Speedway. Oh, no. So they actually don't exist anymore, which is kind of sad for oh. my branding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you should have renamed it uh, Speedway. Speedway, yeah, for the reissue, yeah. I wonder if that would work. We should You should do a, an alternate <laughs> take on that. So if we can talk a little bit about the demo version of this real quick. Yeah. Um, so I was listening to it on my way home from work today. Just I, I, yeah. I try to immerse myself before I do one of these, and um, that opening, those opening verses on that. Yeah. Did Did you ever like? And I know I know some of the musician tricks, so I'm going to kind of give one away here. But did yeah. you ever like use that anywhere else? Those I the don't think abandoned. Ever... The, yeah, the abandoned first four lines. Um, I don't know if I did because I actually really do like those lines. I yes. have totally forgotten about them. <laughs> yeah, they they belong somewhere. Those are really good lines, and I yeah. You know, unfortunately, right now it, they're they're escaping me, and I was driving, so I couldn't make a note. But I want I'm like I got to ask her about that because those are like those are really really well written. And then Thank you. and of course, unfortunately, they didn't make the cut. I get why, but I yeah, but, you know, but I wish they'd get used somewhere else. So in the future. Maybe work okay. them in somewhere. That's not know. a bad idea. I do remember um, I really liked, I was into the idea of um, uh, like the thing where you like make uh, lines on the on the door to like see height. like your yeah. height yeah. over the years. Yeah. Yep. So like I need the doorways to say oh, years from now we've grown. 
that I was, was like, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting chills here. Those, no, those are really good lyrics. I don't know. You know, you know better yeah. than I do, but <laughs> yeah. it was really well done. So if anybody who's listening here, like myself, who just had, I had originally purchased the uh, the EP from Bandcamp after we saw you guys. Oh, yeah. And, and then when this came out, I was like, well, I got to have the record. But I was like, if I wasn't such a big fan, I'm like, would I have bought the record? Anyway, I guess what I'm getting at here is the demos are cool. These are, and a lot of times, you know, and I won't name names, but, yeah. but sometimes like the extra tracks just don't really excite me very much. Sure, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Beatles. But really, um, <laughs> when it comes to this one, and, and maybe because I love the tracks so much, they were just, they were really cool, like looks into the kind of the evolution yeah. know, of the songs. And I like that kind of stuff. Yes, I know some people do. Because I, I similarly am with you that sometimes it sort of feels like, maybe we're maybe we're all a little like too like ready to just be like have some b-sides yeah. like here's some stuff that like from the archives like i don't know here you go see if you like it um so i've always been like wary of that but for this it felt it felt right just because i think those were like the very beginnings of the band and yeah. those like i think to me, it was special um, writing those songs when I was abroad because that really was like the first time where I kind of felt like, oh, like I think this could like be something. Like I'm, it's not just me like writing songs. Like I feel like I'm starting to like craft like a vision of like what, uh, like what I sound like as a songwriter mm -hmm. um, and like kind of seeing the path forward. So I thought it would be kind of nice to sort of show, show those beginnings because they are truly like the, the foundation of everything to come. I totally agree. And, and, you know, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense seeing as this was really the, the first EP. So it gave, it gives someone like myself, uh, you know, kind of that, that look into those early recordings, the arranging yeah. kind of how we approached like recording demos. And then, you know, for those of you who listen, who are musicians or have recorded or toured or whatever, how those translate into kind of the final product. And, you know, it's, they don't, they, as you know, they don't come out the way they end up. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's good to hear that, that kind of evolution. So I, I appreciate it. I, I really enjoyed them. In fact, I was, I was listening to them, like I said, on the way home, almost exclusively were the demos on my way home tonight. So it was nice. Oh, cool. That's nice. Yeah. So enough gushing about Super America. We could, I could probably do a whole episode on that okay. song because I love <laughs> yeah. it so much. So let's go ahead and give the track Super America from Bad Bad Hats. It Hurts EP. Again, just reissued on vinyl, remastered. Uh, it does sound fantastic, by the way, but we'll talk about that later. Um, again, we have Super America. Heart that won't break if you leave me Or pretend I'm not there I wish you'd let me lose you I wish you'd cut your hair Oh, I'm a long way From turning around on the highway Or calling your phone Cause it's not my fault that you can't sleep alone I need to but I don't have to tell 
Before we heard uh, Super America, we were talking a little bit about the demos that were uh, added to the reissue. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I, I was reading that I believe the entire EP was recorded in the apartment or in the dorm or somewhere. Yeah. So uh, I think it was recorded in two places. First, um, when we graduated college, the first summer we graduated, um, Chris and I sublet um, my English professor's duplex for oh, the summer. Fun. Yeah, um, which was awesome yeah because it was like um i think she was had sabbatical or something like in germany mm-hmm. um and so it was like a fully furnished it was just like her place like with all of her stuff in it which was good because you know we had been living kind of in in dorms and didn't have like that much stuff and sure. so i think it sort of helped us like ease into like living living on our own mm-hmm. um so i i know we started working on it um in the duplex in St. Paul on Fairview. Um, but Shout then out to Fairview. Shout Fairview, out to Fairview. What's up? That's right. Uh, uh, but then uh, I think in like September, August or September, we moved uh, to our apartment in Loring Park uh, where we lived for seven years. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, I think the rest of it was finished in our little apartment bedroom. It was like a 500 square foot apartment. Um, fun, fun days. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so I, I distinctly remember our little desk set up, um, at the foot of the bed, um, where we recorded everything. Um, yeah. So I guess again, uh, 
you know, for those that listen to my podcast, and I, I have more than one listener, I'll just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the recording process is not always what you think. So, you know, when, when especially when it's like your first recording or, or you're, you know, maybe like in some cases, you're just like a smaller, you were a smaller act or whatever. Um, you record in your bedroom. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> you record in your basement, you record in your kitchen. Um, a lot of times it's a combination of what has the best acoustics, where is nobody at? Yeah. Where can we get a little bit loud? And um, I will say, as somebody who appreciates well-recorded music, this thing does not sound like it was recorded in a bedroom. Cool. Not at all. I'm being completely honest. And, um, and, and I will say, and I don't, I think we, yeah, we get to it a little bit later, but um, the remaster was done wonderfully, yes. in my opinion, and we can get to that in a little bit because I do want to hear a little bit about that. But I mean, we did record in a studio, and yeah, we 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 finished you know the album that that I had worked on in a bedroom. Um, yeah, but a lot of like the early us cutting our teeth was us kind of scraping money together to go record to tape, and yeah. um, and then drive around in the car and listen to it on cassette. I mean, that's yeah. the reality of it. Yeah. And uh, now it's like, you know, I could record a full album in this living room if, oh, I, yeah. had, if I had the skills, <laughs> which I don't. Well, I mean, yeah, it's might. I mean, so it might be obvious to some people, but some people might be surprised to know that, that all the drums on the Hertz EP are just samples that have what? been programmed. Yeah, there's no, no, no one was playing the drums. You're killing me right now. <laughs> I'm <being> dead serious. <laughs> I think maybe Chris recorded maybe some rim clicks. Okay. Um, but yeah, he painstakingly like adjusted like the oh, velocity of like yeah. quantizing. Every... I think they call yes. it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Which seriously? Yeah. I know. Oh, we're done here. Okay. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> no, that that's that's actually a testament to him because that takes immense patience. Yes. <laughs> well, and yes, and I think because we didn't have an, a place to record drums. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't think Chris uh, Chris is playing drums on uh, Psychic Reader. That yes. that is that is Chris drumming. Um, but Fantastic, yeah, by the I way. I know. Yeah, it's really good. That's those are those uh, modern technology things. That That's right. You can you can do to yes to create a bedroom project. So you know, I know plenty of people uh, that are not musicians and many of them and you probably do too but when they hear that you didn't record every song live in one take yeah they're like wait what and i'm like no <laughs> you, you do it like in in tracks and they're yeah. mixed together and there's things added after the fact and they're like really <laughs> i'm like yeah <laughs> the magic of recording <laughs> yeah multi-track well, I recording i i mean i honestly too like we talk about this all the time because like once you know like things it's really hard to sort of like get back to like the magic and like yeah. the awe of like listening to a song for the first time and like i always think about how like when i was young um listening to like a britney spears song yeah. i used to think to myself i'm like wow like how do they get someone who sounds exactly like britney spears to like sing that harmony oh my like you know like <laughs> didn't like the thought of like multi-tracking like did not make any sense to me right and especially on like a britney spears song which is like all electronic stuff but even then i was just sort of like well i don't know i think someone must be playing that <laughs> maybe but, yeah. she's got a twin i don't know uh, maybe but, yeah but at your age to, to kind of at that age to pull back the curtain and wonder about that that's kind yeah. of interesting that i mean it just goes to show you that 
you were more than just a casual listener, you know? Yeah, maybe. I guess I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, I guess, yeah, I was maybe inquisitive in that way. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we were talking a little bit, I think, prior to, to hitting record. I can't remember now because we talked for quite a bit. But, um, you know, I always looked at you guys as scrappy. I mean... You know, I feel like, you know, you, you, you've obviously played a lot of shows. You can tell when you're, when you're playing live that you, you guys are really, you're really good live. You're comfortable live. You've Thank obviously you. recorded a number of albums. Um, you know, in the case of, of It Hurts, I find that, you know, there's, there's a, a nice mix of kind of fun songs. And then there's ones that are a little bit more serious. Yeah. Um, anything that has a kazoo in it is like, all right by <laughs> me. Um, I guess I wanted to kind of ask you where maybe you and Chris kind of got that scrappiness from in terms of songwriting, performing, promoting. I mean, like, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the upcoming tour in a bit here, which i still say is about as scrappy as it gets, but how did you guys get like that? I don't know. I guess like, um, when I think about like when the band started, I think partially maybe it's cause I've always been like a kind of like, um, like frugal in a way and like mm -hmm. finding ways to like do things like inexpensively and like not go like too far beyond our means though I think when we first started like when you're first getting going like I remember like you have all this confidence and you're like so excited for like the music to come out and and like if something you know if like someone does go straight to the moon like that's amazing um but like I don't think we were ever we were ever going to be destined for that because we were sort of just like figuring it out as we went along. Like Chris was a guitar player who played drums because we needed a drummer <laughs> and like was figuring out like how to play drums. And um, I had never played electric guitar when the what? band started. I had only played acoustic guitar. I'd never used the guitar pedal. I did not own a guitar amp. Um, so like I was figuring out how to stand up and play guitar and like use my foot like while I was singing like Whoa. that was all new to me um like Noah was probably the most familiar with his instrument but as he says too he thought he was just jamming with us for an <laughs> afternoon and then was like wait you guys think I'm in the band and then didn't know how to say that he didn't think he was in the band <laughs> so I think it because maybe because it started like that with all of us just sort of um not really knowing what we were doing, but I think because of that, we had really no like pretense or like yep. expectation. And it's just sort of like, just like having fun, like yep. playing music and like learning our instruments. And we'd have band practice every Monday and Wednesday um, and eat pizza beforehand. <laughs> um, but then, you know, then you start to be like, yeah, like we got signed to this record label. Like we're amazing. And like, I remember when the EP came out, I was like ready to like wake up the morning it came out and be like, <laughs> I did it. Like I'm famous. Like everyone That's it. knows me. And I was very, was very confused that, you know, we weren't, uh, indie rock sensations the next day. Um, <laughs> which is a good, you know, good, a humbling moment when you're yeah, young. Um, but yeah. And I think from then it was sort of like being like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, slow and steady. I think yep. it's going to be our, our race. Um, and from then it's just sort of, um, trying to decide what was best in a given moment. And we're still trying to figure it out too. Cause, um, I struggle with sort of, um, cause we have, I think we have done a good job of 
um, keeping things. We like tour in a minivan. You know, we that's awesome. Um, we just keep the band like we've never had like a a merch person. Like we sell our own merch, and um, we've never had a manager. Like I send all the emails, and wow. and I like doing that. Like I like being in charge of the band and sort of like the the business. I like running my my business. Yeah. Um, sure. but sometimes I think it's like you know sort of like a the adage like dress for the job you want you know sometimes i think there is a a moment where it is good to sort of be like you have to sort of initiate like the next step for yourself and knowing knowing when that moment is is hard i think and i i think we're still figuring that out at what point it's good to you know sort of like uh scrimp and you know keep things small when it's like no you gotta put in a little effort to to get to the next spot but yeah wow well said. I, that was really well said, Carrie. <laughs> um, I have really not much to follow up on. Normally, I'm a follow upper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess maybe even like I mean, you guys have been at it for a long time, and I think you're so. I mean, I think you're really. I mean, in my opinion, really hitting stride on the last. You know, the last definitely the last album was just fantastic. Thank you. But um, you know, I think maybe putting all that effort in and selling T-shirts and emailing knuckleheads like me back about you know podcasts <laughs> that you, you 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 all those are little steps but when you look back on it you appreciate it more you know yeah. what i mean absolutely yeah so I, I i totally get that and and you know one other thing i'll say before we we kind of go into the talking a little bit about the remaster reissue but um it seems like there that's another theme of this podcast is that and i don't know if i'm attracted to their music it must be but it's kind of about, it all kind of starts, the genesis of all these is like just making music with your friends. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, you and Chris or, you know, pick your, it, for me, it was my friends Mario and Rose. And and that's really what it started. I mean, we did, we did it and then we'd go to Arby's afterward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was, that was the thing, like, let's go play and then we'll go to Arby's. Yeah. And, um, but that's really what it was, what it was all about was making music with your friends and some take it more seriously. Some have some more success than others. Yeah. Um, but but that's really was the genesis of it for for me as well. So that that's pretty oh, yeah. cool. But you said I it think, really well. Thank you. Yeah, we I remember we listened to a a podcast interview with uh, Kim Deal oh, sure. um, from Pixies and the Breeders. Heck yeah. Um, and she was telling the story of the Pixies getting together and how um, a bunch of them just answered an ad. <laughs> I forget who put out the ads. Probably it was uh, um, it was Black Francis. Probably Black Francis. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. just said like seeking you know, bass player, no chops. That's like what the ad said. And we, lo- we just like love that. We're like, yeah, that's, that's sort of like how we began. Like absolutely no chops. Um, no idea what we were doing, but yeah. But I kind of like, I like that our band started with that ethos that it was more at first, it was definitely more important to have fun and yep. enjoy the process. Though as we've gotten older, we, we do try to play play our parts correctly and with some precision <laughs> and some seriousness. Yes, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I, I guess I would like to kind of switch gears back to the EP again. Yeah. Um, I was I think I was late to the game on this one because I think you had announced or or afternoon whoever announced I'm not sure who manages you guys um, after that conversation but <laughs> yeah. um, was uh that that it was being reissued and, and remastered and i think i i think when by the time i had ordered it i think it had already come out you wrote a really nice note in here but you didn't know it was me at the time that's right um, yeah <laughs> but but um i was wondering um like what what kind of 
what was the impetus for getting this not only reissued but remastered because as you and I both know um, you know it, you could have just took the original tracks added the demos called it a day but right. there's some money and there's some time and there's some effort invested in remastering and I never I never really thought the original was was poorly mastered but no, I no. would say that this one um, definitely brings out a lot more of the magic it's really well done some remasters are just hey we're gonna make it louder Right. That's not this. And, and I just want people to know that if they pick it up. Um, but I guess back to my original point, how, yes. did, the, how did this kind of come about, this this reissue? Well, I think um, I it mostly came about because I was sad that I had totally missed like other anniversaries that we had. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember it must have been like uh, the Psychic Reader five yeah. year like uh, a month after it happened, I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> we totally forgot to like post anything or like say anything. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe we did that, you know, because you only get so many anniversaries for these yep. releases. So I think because I had had a few moments where I was like, oh my God, like we didn't do anything. <laughs> um, I was like, I am not going to let the It Hurts tenure go by. Um, and I think also because... It's the Hearst tenure, but I I sort of equate that with like the band's ten years, yeah, sure, as well, like the whole project, mm -hmm. and also because it Hearst had never been in a physical form. Yep, I knew it was like the perfect way to celebrate, and for ten years, people have asked us at the merch table every single night for ten years. <laughs> Do you have it Hearst? Can I buy it Hearst? What was that song about the gas station? What album is that on? <laughs> And every year, every day for 10 years, I had to say, sorry, like, it's not anywhere. We don't have anything for you. But as it got later, I was like, well, but 2023 is the 10 years. So you never know. Oh. So I had to put my money where my mouth was. Oh, um, and but that is really exciting because we had 10 years of pent up demand for That's this right. EP, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, and because it was vinyl, um, A side, B side, yep. I was like, well. I think the demos sound like a perfect thing to mm -hmm. put on the B-side. So that was exciting. And then I also felt like um, maybe just because I had seen, you know, other bands when they put out uh, reissues that they had taken the time to remaster because why not, I guess, yeah. um, to give to sort of, you know, give it a new like polish, sort of spruce it up a little bit um, for the 10 year and um it's starting with Psychic Reader, um, we'd established a relationship with our friend Huntley Miller, mm -hmm. who's mastered all of our stuff. So it also sounded nice to have Huntley do the EP, which is the only release of ours that he hadn't done. Mm. Um, sort of complete the collection in that way. There we go. Close um, loop. Yeah. But here's the, here's the wild thing, though. We had this idea to do this, and we're like, this is going to be awesome. No problem. Great. Whatever. But you have to, obviously... Um, you know, you have to like get the tracks, um, you know, to the mastering mm -hmm. engineer so they can do their work, but it had been 10 years and we did not know where the songs <gasps> were because we had, for some reason, decided to print them to tape. Oh my goodness. 10 years ago, Tape. which sounded like a fun idea at the time. 
Um, but then we just have them on tape with no way to get them off of the tape. Or like we were emailing like recording studios around the Twin Cities to be like, do you have this kind of tape machine that can oh like play the tape? And so, and our friend Ian, who the label we were on, he didn't have them. And we we're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? We we're like going through our email from 10 years ago to be like, did someone send like, you know, a Google Drive oh file God. 10 years ago? But thankfully, um, the mixers, Ian and Jay Polici, we emailed them. We're like, is there any chance you have <laughs> your hard drives from 10 years ago that would have these songs on them? And I forget. Which one of them, Jay or Ian, had four of the songs? Oh, no. But not the fifth one. I think maybe the fifth one was, I think Secrets Are No Fun was maybe the missing one. Mm. So Hunley actually just had to remaster just like the the finished master yep. 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 of the old one, which is kind of odd, but I'm glad he was able to, to do that. Um, but yeah, a bit of a saga that you don't think about 10 years ago when you put something together. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I got, I got like a pile of questions on this, but yeah. I'll, I'll keep it to the ones that people probably would care about. Okay. <laughs> so like, so you guys recorded it onto a computer. Yeah. Yes. And then you guys thought it was a cool idea to then send it to tape. So I guess we... We sent our computer files to Tiny Telephone in San Francisco, where Ian and Jay were, were mixing it for us. And I think they printed okay. there, or like the mastering engineer printed the finished songs yep. to tape. Okay. And then sent those, or I think, yes, I think Tiny Telephone printed them to tape and sent that to the mastering engineer. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Holy, I bet you guys were freaked out for a little bit. <laughs> well, because we were like, well, I guess, I mean, I guess the worst thing that would have happened is just we wouldn't have remastered it. Yeah, sure. But we were we were looking forward to doing that. So I'm really happy that, and I guess also we probably would have had, we just would have had to drive to Pachyderm Studios and use their tape machine. Yeah, that's true. And where's that at? Uh I don't know exactly what town. I think it's like an hour away from the Twin Cities, something okay, like that. So it's close. I've never enough. actually been. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. So wow. we would have been fine, but I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. So for so for fans of it hurts, you just heard a very interesting story about the <laughs> lost master tapes. That's right. <laughs> they, and, and you know, and you and I both know that like in the last two years or so, getting records pressed has been like Oh my gosh, yeah. Absolutely awful so yeah. you guys probably started planning this thing like what two years ago two it was maybe ago? like a year it was maybe a like year a year ago okay that's not bad but yes but i i was on it because yes we had had our psychic reader on lightning round our other full yeah. breakers had been out of stock forever while we were yeah. waiting for the vinyl to catch up so yes i knew that i needed to be somewhat on top of it if Whoa. we I wanted to get in time and i was very happy I think we actually the vinyl the vinyl got in even earlier than we hoped so we could we were able to start sending out um yeah. the pre-orders like pretty early but yeah. Yeah, cuz technically what you have all of this year if 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 for some reason it would have gotten delayed you could have released it in July and it's still 10 years or no. 
Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, or so did, I guess. Did you try and hit like a month or something like that? Like January? Yeah, yeah. We, I, it was my hope that we could have it out in time for the actual 10 year, which was January 28th. Wow. Was the, the day. Yeah. You're an overachiever. Mm-hmm. I got it done. <laughs> Business manager, lead singer, and That's right. guitar player. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and hear another uh, another track from uh, the EP It Hurts, which we just talked about, ironically, Secrets Are No Fun. And uh, let's see if we can tell what good of a mastering <laughs> yeah. job this was. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and give the track Secrets Are No Fun a listen. I wasn't gonna say a word, no, I wasn't gonna tell you. I wasn't gonna say a word, but you looked, looked, looked right up at me with your eyes blinking so pitifully. And if you don't, don't mind me saying so, I love you. I wasn't gonna tell you. enjoyed part one of my discussion with Carrie Alexander of Bad Bad Hats, where we talked about their 2013 and then again 2023 reissue of their debut EP, It Hurts. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump to the part two of my discussion in the next uh, episode. So jump on over there, give it a listen. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> 